Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts, Keith and Vijay. Welcome to the Winning Combo Marketing and Sales Success Podcast. I am your host, Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, alongside my co-host, Keith Washoe in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. Today, we'll be speaking with Ben Huang from Silicon Valley. Now, Ben has over 20 years of deep experience in the TV and video space. He also specializes in scale-up and growth transformation situations, having gone through numerous acquisitions and spin-outs over his career. Ben is currently the head of product marketing at Voodoo, a digital video and streaming service recently acquired by NBC Universal. Prior to that, Ben has led marketing product management and strategy teams at several global brands, including Microsoft, Ericsson, and Tebow. Ben, we are super thrilled to have you on our podcast. And as a more personal way of introducing yourself to our audience, would you mind sharing the first concept that you ever attended? <laughs> um, so first of all, thank you very much, Vijay. Thank you very much, Keith, for having me on. I'm super excited to be here today and uh, have a conversation on this topic. And it's great to see what you guys are doing with the podcast and the, and the reach that it's getting worldwide. Um, as for concert, first concert, you know, where I grew up um, at that time, it was really around a lot of uh, hip hop and rap. And so for my first concert, I got in a car from L.A., went down to San Diego to watch MC Hammer. <laughs> wow, MC Hammer. I know, uh, growing up in India, MC Hammer was a big deal. I mean, we used to watch him on MTV. And uh, uh, is it Ice Ice? I, I forget the names, but but he was a big name back in India. This must have been super fun. <laughs> awesome. So thank you once again for being here, Ben. And uh, let's not forget our winning combo podcast show co-host in Research Triangle Park, Keith Washoe. Keith, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing great. It is now officially summer over in Raleigh, North Carolina. Enjoyed a great beach uh, celebration here. And Research Triangle Park, better known as the other Silicon Valley, is doing well. It's an honor to have Ben here, another great technologist, consumer electronic, audio, video person. I'm excited for the show and having Ben here. Yep, excited here as well. Looking forward to what insights and every, all the stories that Ben has to share. So with that, Keith, do you want to walk Ben and the listeners through the show format and what to expect? Yes, it is showtime, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Winning Combo. This is now our 31st episode, and we are featuring a great technology leader with Ben, who's going to go through three what we call our power segments. Number one, Ben will lead off with a top quote to help you gain wisdom quickly that you can apply to your life. Secondly, Ben will share a personal story, something he's learned from his life, whether it's a, a winning or a, a mistake or something he's learned from a failure that then you can utilize for your career so you don't have to make the same mistake or you could try to make the same success based on whatever he shares. And then lastly, Ben will share with what we call a best practice, a best practice takeaway that you can implement to your personal and professional life for good results. Ben, does that sound good to you? 
That sounds great. All right, then let's begin with the power quote segment. Here you go, listeners. This is your chance to hear one of Ben's favorite quotes and what it means to him and what it can mean to you. Ben, take it away. Yeah, so uh, what I learned pretty early on in my career was what got you here isn't always what's going to get you there. And um, what I've seen over and over again is, especially in fast growth or scale-up type situations, a lot of times we fall into the trap of trying to repeat the same things over again, over and over again, or um, justifying why something is the way it is. And, and I think a lot of times um, those things make sense, but then we also have to be willing to think about what we need to do different as we're pushing our companies, our divisions through different stages of growth. Wow, I am loving this way to start off the show. One of the questions we like to ask here, Ben, around that is really if when we like to give practical tips that people can then take and apply to their life, can you maybe use this, this opening quote and give a practical example of how you implement this to give people a real tangible way to, to do this in their life? Yeah, I mean, one of the situations I've seen um, a lot is in very small small. Uh, divisions or small startups, and as they get some initial product market success, product market fit, um, what you'll see as a as a transformation that's starting to happen in the organization is you go from individuals who are Swiss Army knives or jack of all trades, and now people are having to be able to special have to specialize a little bit more, so that as you add more people into the organization, you can really um, maximize and, and, and really leverage the number of people in that organization. And so instead of everybody still performing a Swiss army knife type of role, now you're starting to lean more into subject matter experts and you're starting to lean into um, more of a systematic way of doing things. And a lot of times in these types of situations, what I found is um, sometimes people in the org are um, initially resistant to that because it is a different way of working. Um, but what I try to emphasize to people is this is a good thing. It's, it's not that the way it was working before was wrong um, because it's gotten us to a point where we've had some initial successes. But now to get to that next stage of growth, you really have to think about how we're changing some of the ways we're working, how we're leveraging subject matter experts in certain area, how we're trying to involve more people in certain situations. But really the net effect you want at the end of the day is uh, more impact in the market, more customers, you know, trying to go out more into more regions and expanding the roadmap. And the only way to do that is you have to figure out how to leverage in a different way, the different people, the people in the organization. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this important principle. It reminds me of when I was working at a startup company that was eight employees versus Qualcomm, where it was like 8,000 plus just in, you know, the U.S. California offices. Um it, you wear many hats, as they say, the startup hats. You People juggle a lot, wear many hats. And when you realize as you start to grow that wearing many hats is good from the beginning. Everyone gets experience and you're involved in the business and you're very intimate. But at some point, you need experts who specialize and can focus and can really do a home run on something versus maybe hitting singles. And, and I think that's a very important because the, it, it requires a mentality, a mind shift from, hey, no, we could do that. We're, we're, it's like, no, there are literally people who are so expert. That's all they do is live and breathe digital marketing on Facebook, for example. And to think that some random engineer guy who does engineering on the side and then tries to run digital marketing, it's like, it's still effective. Like you might see at some startups. It's like, no, it's time to really focus. Uh, so thank you for that. 
uh, and bringing up the importance. Uh, VJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for, for Ben? Yeah, so a great uh, quote there, Ben. And I think you must have preached uh, to your team and including to me several times. I'm pretty sure about that back in our Microsoft and Ericsson days. Uh, and uh, actually, that quote came pretty handy when I took on my next role subsequent to my product marketing career at Ericsson. I actually was hired as a head of marketing at a smaller company named iPass. And so as you can imagine, and as all the listeners who are familiar with product marketing versus marketing, there is a world of a difference, a sea of difference, right? So when you're looking at product marketing, it's a more narrower focus versus as in a marketing leader and a marketing role capacity, you need to start looking at not just product marketing, you also need to look at brand, need to look at content marketing, demand gen, what does it mean? If you're looking at a corporate relaunch, what does it mean, right? So that code came handy uh, when I was taking that new role. So thank you for sharing that code and emphasizing and reinforcing to us as well as our listeners on, hey, what got you to point A is not necessarily the one and only thing or the trick that will get you to point B. That's right. That's right. And at the end of the day, what we all want is a you know more successful company, a bigger uh, company that has a bigger scale that's affecting our customers, affecting the industry in a very positive way. And so I look at these different stages of growth as something to be welcomed, but then you just have to shift your mentality sometimes in terms of what you need to do at each of those different stages. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. I love it. This is really about how do you go from point A to point B in the most effective and efficient and a happy way that may and have people, you know, bought in and in feeling good about the process. And that's difficult because Ben, like you said, people are resistant to change. And uh, sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And so I appreciate you pointing that out. And it's all about communication, explaining the value and the why behind it. And I'm sure you've seen success when you do it that way. All right. Wonderful. Let's move on to the second part of the podcast. Thanks, Ben, for that wonderful opening quote. Hope that's helpful to all you listeners out there. Now we're going to shift into the power story segment. This is where you get to hear something that Ben went through in his life that has helped him in his career that he'd like to share some wisdom with all of you. So Ben, we're excited to hear your story, what it means to you and what you think it imparts to the listener. Sure. So I would say when I first started in in marketing and then product marketing, um, I I was very proud of a lot of the work product that was coming out of my off of my desk, off of my team's desk. You know, we created beautiful decks, great value prop messaging, playbooks, you know, competitive frame, frameworks, etc. Um, but then when you look at where the rubber hits the road and whether or not these things were creative to the business, what I realized the gap um, was in selling the vision versus selling the product. And I felt like at times we were really good as a central marketing organization in selling the vision, trying to tell people what, you know, what the customer pain points are, you know, why our product is so great at meeting those pain points. But at the end of the day, that is only the first step in selling the product. And so there's additional things that are required in enabling these sales teams to go out and effectively close deals. And you really need both. And, and that was a big realization early on in my career. I was really good in marketing organization in doing, producing all the types of um, artifacts and collateral and output from the team in selling the vision. But you really need to go further and help sell the product and connect that into the product teams, connect that into the sales teams. 
Yes, thank you for sharing that, Ben, that story, uh, the realization that you came to, the difference between vision and then really selling the product. And oftentimes there's a gap there when you can sell the vision, but are, are you really selling the product? And that's especially hard, Ben, in, in new technologies, right, where it requires a lot of handholding and education, even though you have the great vision that you're selling, it really comes down to to help sell the product relationships and going out there shaking hands that they call it kissing babies, shaking hands and communicating with customers and clients and partners and telling the story with passion and convincingly and competently um, this vision, but more importantly, this product and why it addresses these pain points. So I was curious, what did you find were the solutions to closing the gap? Was it getting more product marketing to join sales meetings, to get out there and do press tours, to go to more trade shows, to really hold hands, talk to customers and clients, or how did you close the gap and what worked for you? So for us in marketing, the two biggest relationships you're going to have inside the company is that with the product team and with the sales team. And so unless you're really embedded in how they work, how they think, um, it's going to be really hard as a marketing organization to be effective. And so when you're talking about sales, selling the product, you're really looking at a lot of things that are blockers in terms of what it takes for people in the field to effectively sell. And you know, this is where you get into uh, aspects of sales enablement, for example, right? And so there is a big difference between, or I guess a sales enablement curve, when you think about what it takes to get someone from, I can explain your product to, I can sell with help, I can sell alone, and I can close alone. And getting salespeople, the sales field up that curve is a big part of what marketing needs to do to effectively enable selling the product. Wow. I loved how you just broke that down, Ben, the different stages of being able to, one, I can explain the product. Two, in the next level up is I can sell the product with people. Thirdly, I can sell it alone. And then lastly, I can close it all by myself. That's very, very helpful. A very nice triangle kind of pyramid way up to visualize the end goal. If you can, as a marketer, really help sales get to that top of the pyramid where they can sell and close on their own, you know, you've done your job and, and educating and evangelizing. So thank you for that. Uh, BJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for Ben? Yeah. So Ben, as you were uh, telling that uh, insight and best practice, right, which is selling the vision versus selling the product. Now, two companies and two leaders came to my mind, two really outstanding leaders and companies. One is Salesforce and Mark Benioff just preaching over and over again no software, right? This is back in the days when he was launching or in the early days of uh, Salesforce because it's a completely different paradigm where people earlier were buying uh, packaged uh, software versus now it's just software as a service. So that's one example that came to my mind. The second was Zora. And I don't know if you came across this, which is uh, which Andy Raskin, uh, who is a messaging expert here in the Silicon Valley, he called it as the greatest pitch deck ever. Uh, of course, he's got a lot of views on his page because of that headline and a really uh, insightful blog post around uh, dissecting Zora's pitch deck, which is 
show and tell the new, the promised land and how you or your product is helping your prospects and customers get to that promised land, right? It's all about selling that vision, selling that end stage, and then taking your prospects and your customers and partners, of course, your salespeople as well along the journey. So that's a really key best practice to emphasize. And of course, you also need to think about how you're aligning the different content pieces, based on the sales funnel stages as well as the product maturity life cycle and so on now one question uh, i know i shared several thoughts over there i also have a question on that uh, for you ben is typically and that's been my experience i'm sure you must have seen this as well which is there is one person in the sales team who gets it and who starts with a vision and takes his prospect through the sales cycle and eventually to close now have I'm sure you must have come across uh, that kind of a sales leader or salesperson. Now, what has been your uh, tactics and actions to taking and getting that insights from that salesperson and then sharing as a best practice and preaching, uh, not in an unhealthy, but more in a healthy way and teaching the sales team on, okay, sell the vision first and then the product. Right. So w- when you're trying to do that, you... First of all, it's a mentality within the marketing organization, right? Understanding, trying to paint the promised land for people and then what it takes to sell the product. And then if you're seeing people in the sales field that are doing that really well and they're getting up the curve, then what you want to do is put in um, structures in place where you can get those people to train others. You can get people to do you know, co-sales type situations. You can get people to go and um, uh, participate in you know, sales trainings, right? And so there's a, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, a classroom component of where you can teach people things, but then you also want to get people into live sales situations. And so that is how you're able to um, spread the knowledge and spread the capabilities of these very successful salespeople across your entire field. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, some of the potential pitfalls or mistakes that sometimes may happen and what the marketing leaders out there are trying to do or if they're trying to implement this best practice is, yes, get the salesperson who gets it to actually do the teaching versus you taking it on where you don't have the credibility versus all the credibility is with that salesperson who actually got it and got the sale done. All right. Well, this has been a great show so far. Very insightful quote, a wonderful story, Ben. Thank you for sharing this. Also packed with a lot of wisdom and practical experience that you have. This is great. So we are going down to the third part of the podcast. This is the best practice takeaway for all of you listeners today to really get a sales or marketing best practice that Ben has implemented in his life, something he does regularly that has helped his career. And then we will hope this will be helpful for all of you to look into implementing in your life. So Ben, do you have a best practice that you've learned along the way that's been helpful to you in your career? For me, I would like to emphasize within a marketing organization, you need to learn to speak the language of product and sales, and you need to take on their metrics that you can affect. When you look at the top level things of a business, what's important to the business at the highest level, it comes down to obtaining more customers, driving more revenue, treating your employees right. And so when you think about it from marketing's role in that, what are the things that we can affect not only directly, but also or indirectly, but also directly, right? And so within a SaaS business, for example, a subscription business, 
you're trying to think about getting customers to use something once, use it again, use it more often, use it longer. And so you really have to look at marketing's role within the lens of what matters to product, what matters to sales in these types of situations. And don't be afraid to take on the metrics that that align with those organizations um, and really drive in an aligned fashion with those two functions in the in the company. Thank you for that, uh, Ben. So in terms of the best practice, let me see if I can get granular with you here today in terms of trying to give a real practical uh, nugget that people could could do. So I'm curious what you do every day. If you had to say every day on a daily basis, is there a habit or a ritual or something that you do that knows that you're following this best practice or that you're implementing on it? Any, any additional insight or advice on that? At the very beginning at, of the process, when I think about a new product launch, when I think about um, a, a, a new feature we're trying to do, it isn't just about the metrics that are what you would think of as traditional marketing metrics, but I want to force um, my thinking and force the organization within the marketing uh, uh, function to think about the sales cycle. Think about how many touches it takes to close the sale, given the complexity uh, or the nature of the product or the feature. How do we think about product or feature adoption times? How do we think about usage? There's metrics around all those. Those are the ones that we should care about in addition to just you know priming the pipeline, for example. Yep. Thank you. I like how you tend to think down the road, think ahead, around the corner. As we heard from other leaders, it's important to think around the corner like a chess player three to five moves out. And then make sure that every day you're taking time to do deep thinking and reflecting versus just getting caught up in the minutia, which which it sounds like you do as a best practice. So thank you for sharing that. All right, BJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for Ben? Yep, completely agree with you, uh, Ben, around it's just not about the launch, but you need to get the entire organization thinking about, okay, what next after the launch? Yes, you're priming the organization for the big launch day and the launch moment, but that's more internal focus versus the bigger focus is once the product is out there, once you made all the right noise, met with the press and analysts, how are you helping your customers and users uh, get the most out of the product? It's all about the user adoption metrics and so on. So I think that's a great uh, insight again, and thank you for reinforcing that to all our listeners. Now, on a separate angle and on a more personal note, Ben, I, I Clearly, you have over 20 years of deep experience in the TV and video space. So just curious, I mean, can you share your story around why TV and video space? Uh, why did you pick that and uh, why, what keeps you going as well as if you have any advice for people out there who are trying to break into the TV and video space? You know, sometimes uh, industry, you pick industries and sometimes industries pick you. Uh, I was fortunate. Uh, <laughs> I was fortunate enough uh, early on to to work in uh, the intersection of TV and media and, and really uh, early stage technologies, cutting eight, cutting stage or cutting edge type technologies. Um, it, and I liked it. I liked the fast pace of that. I, as a on a personal level, I'm also a big uh, TV and media consumer, and so I think I got very lucky in that. Um, However, as my career unfolded in this space, as uh, Vijay, you alluded to, I've taken on different roles, both in B2B situations, B2B2C, and also direct consumer type businesses. And I think what you're seeing now 
in the next few years and also kind of in the last handful of years, there's been so much change in, in the TV and media space, more so than there's been change in the last 50 years in that space. And so the dynamicism of that space is something that's super exciting to me. And I, I continue to be very jazzed and getting up and, and trying to solve some of those big problems. Cool. Yep. As you said very well, which is, yeah, sometimes the industry picks you and uh, for the lucky or the very few out there, you get to pick the industry. But uh, for the majority of us out there, the industry picks you. But it's all about, okay, what do you do next, right? What do you make and how do you make it make the most out of that situation? So uh, any advice for people who are looking to break into like uh, if are either into product marketing or marketing or TV and video space, any practical advice out there? I would say for folks who want to do product marketing, marketing, it's it's a great time. It's it's a great balance of being able to stretch your mind and think big picture, but also deduce that down to, you know, how are you positioning the product? How are you aligning with constituencies inside the organization? How are you thinking about working with customers? And if that's something you enjoy doing, then what I would suggest is um, putting yourself in situations where you're learning very core skill sets, and then you can pair that with the big picture thinking that you that that um that you get to exercise in doing this type of function and then um line yourself with product with sales that's how you're gonna enable yourself to go very far in this space yep absolutely well said ben thank you for that well thank you ben you've been very very clear very concise about the great quote for our listeners and a nice story to share wisdom and then a best practice for uh, advice for people to implement we really appreciate it um, it's now time that we'd like to share with all you listeners what we call our concluding summary of the show. This is to help recap some of the key points that we think are worth learning and applying today. What we'll do is we'll have BJ lead off. I'll share any additional color on things we learned along the way in this show, and then we'll give Ben the final word. So, BJ, you'd like to leave it up, uh, start off? Yep, absolutely. So the top three takeaways for episode number 31, speaking with Ben Wong here. Uh, number one takeaway is what got you to point A is not necessarily the same things that will get you to point B. So think about, okay, you reach that milestone or success point that you have strived for, but now you need to reassess and figure out, okay, what aspects do you need to drop out or what new skills do you need to pick? And not just personally, but even for your organization. So that's takeaway number one. Now, the second takeaway is think about not just pitching or selling the product to your prospects, but think about how you're going to sell the vision. Because at the end of the day, your product is enabling your prospects and customers to get your, get to a happier place. Okay, so think about that. Sell the vision versus sell the product. And takeaway number three is as a product marketer and someone who's sitting in between, at the intersection between market, uh, product and sales, you always need to figure out and speak the language of both product and sales. Thank you for that recap, BJ. And I just want to share with the listeners something I appreciate that, Ben, that you said today, which was when you talk about going from point A to point B and making that transition as a company and, and scaling up, it's really good to think about how, you know, in phase one and wearing many hats in a startup that you jack of all trades, master of none, it can get you so far. But 
it's a good change to go towards more expertise and to focus, focus, focus. So look at that as an opportunity and a blessing to do things better and more effectively. Don't look at it as a threat. I really appreciated uh, what Ben had to say about closing the gap between selling the vision and selling the product. And one of the ways of doing that is to really focus on the relationships between product, marketing, and sales and making sure that when the rubber meets the road that you're doing the right things, the right marketing actions to really help grow the company and help the product sell. And then that reference to almost like what I envisioned a pyramid, Ben, when you mentioned to think of it as stages, you can give information to help someone un- be able to articulate a product. But can you help that salesperson go to the next step, which is can you help them be able to also sell the product perhaps in a group setting? And then thirdly, can they sell it on their own? And then lastly, can they actually close a deal on their own because they have so much good information and understanding of the product? And if you can help the sales team, for example, along that journey with education, evangelization, and uh, the right content and collateral, then you know you're doing a wonderful job. So I really appreciate all these things, Ben. It's been really insightful. We'd like to now give you the final word, Ben. Anything else you'd like to share in a recap, something that maybe we missed today that could be helpful to the listeners? I think you guys did a great job. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. And I can see why, uh, given this format and uh, the how uh, sharp both of you are, that this uh, podcast is doing so well. So thank you. Awesome, Ben. Well, it's an honor to really connect with you. I'm another Silicon Valley guy who loves audio, video, and consumer electronics. And you're like, me and you are like kindred spirits in that sense. We've had a good run. Um, really quick then, in closing here, I'm curious just uh, where what's your plans for your future? Where do you see yourself in three to five years? And then how can people learn more about you? So in three to five years, that just seems like light years away, <laughs> given how much the, the space is changing. But I, I for me, it's so much uh, is what drives my career is really around um, you know, growth and scale up type situations. And so you'll find me inevitably in some type of situation doing that. I'm super uh, happy with uh, the situation that I'm in now. So we recently just spun Voodoo out um, of a company and had it acquired by NBC Universal. And so I'm really looking forward to scaling up that situation and, and really uh, making it a much bigger player in the space than it is now. Um, and then for anybody who wants to find me, I'm, I'm online and LinkedIn, uh, Ben Huang. Uh, you know, LinkedIn slash uh, BK Huang. Awesome, Ben. Well, it's an honor and joy to have you on the show. Very insightful. Thanks for basically, we like to say, you gave an MBA class. So we, uh, everyone's now smarter thanks to you and your insights. So thank you all for listening to the podcast as well, The Winning Combo. We hope you enjoyed it and it's helpful to you and your sales and your marketing career. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a wonderful conversation. I know you and I, we go a long ways back, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, you continue to provide that advice and insights, not just to me and Keith over here, but also to our listeners. And as for our listeners, stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, keep learning and keep winning. Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.